0: Turn today to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. We are going to continue this morning in our Living Unselfishly, Living Unselfishly, Amen series that we started last week. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. Our concentration this morning on living unselfishly. We're going to talk about the generous life. The generous life. Second Corinthians nine in verse number six. But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work amen the generous life this morning I'm going to pray good to see Michael Hurst here today amen glad to have you in the house of the Lord with us Michael amen We're glad to see him. And uh, Summer, you just, you come three consecutive services. You're just family, okay? So That's just it. You're just family. So, amen. We're going to pray today over this. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you, Lord, today. God, and we appreciate you. I pray, O oh Lord, today, God, help us, Lord, as we consider, Lord, this unselfish living God and the generous life. I pray, oh, Lord, today, open our minds and understanding. God, let your word, Lord Jesus, give us direction, Lord Jesus, for our lives. God, something to live by. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. The generous life, the generous life. In reality today, the, uh, the whole New Testament, Bible for that matter, but particularly the whole New Testament salvation experience is built around the concept of generosity. Uh, we have salvation extended to us uh, by and large due to generosity. Several times throughout the scriptures, uh, the Holy Ghost or the salvation is experience is referred to as the gift of God. In some places, other places of scripture, it's spoken of as the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. There's a few times that it's just real simple. It's just called the gift. Uh, But nevertheless, whenever you're talking about gifts, you're talking about generosity. Talking about generosity. At one time, it's being described as the heavenly gift. Amen. So it tells us where this gift came from. Where this gift's point of origin is. It's coming from heaven And yet it's being given as a gift, again, underscoring its generosity. So, when we talk about generosity or this act of generosity, uh, it was not a one time episode that took place, was it? It was an attitude, it was a characterization, if you will of these new Christians. It wasn't just a one time thing. It was something that they practiced. It's something generosity. The spirit of generosity was something that pervaded throughout the whole uh, church. And it even grew into new areas as they grew as newborn babes in Christ. We see the generous spirit, if you will, in the Bible. After the birth of the church of Acts two, we see this generous spirit again in Acts chapter 11 and Acts 11 is the story when the church In Antioch had sent some provision to the church in Judea during a very hard time, a very great famine to come to the church in Judea. And so their brothers and sisters in Antioch wanted to help them by an offering. The Bible states this in Acts 11 and verse 29. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined. That phrase and then determine is pretty important. Every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. When you read the scripture here in verse 29, every man according to the words or phrase according to in the original language is in proportion as his ability, the word ability there, and we'll break this down in proportion as the word ability, as he is well off, but it also means as he has means. Meaning that you don't necessarily have to be well off in order to have means. You can have means or the ability without being well off. All right? Does it have means, he said, determined. That is, they appointed it, or as it describes it as though, as when a person would mark out the boundaries of the portion of their land, something that was set aside as theirs, it said they would appoint it. And so every man in proportion as he had means would appoint a portion to send relief. And so uh, the, the Greek word there for ability I think is important because uh, the Apostle Paul uses that, I believe, with intent. Because he didn't want anybody to necessarily exempt themselves from giving because they weren't per se well off. Uh, That's the reason why he used that word, which also means that they have means. And every man, to some degree, has some sort of means. Every man, in proportion as he has means, can appoint or set aside a portion that he was speaking to, to that church to send relief. Because... By and large, if generosity was just left to the well-off, we would always consider ourselves below well-off to exempt ourselves from giving, from being generous. But the ability is if we have means, and again, we to some degree have means. My means might be different than your means, but we all to some degree have some means of means. We have some measure of means. Amen. And he says, as they had means, they determined then to give. Amen. And so, giving or generosity, when we speak of these things, it wasn't just a practice of the first century church, but it was a principle. It was a principle that was to be practiced in the church of every age and every generation that was to follow. Uh, that is one of the many reasons uh, why I've even told you that hopefully, here at the First Apostolic Church, rather than just be known in our community, we want to be known as a church that gives. Amen. Uh, That gives even to our community more so than just with a handout wanting it to do something for us. Amen. We want to be the ones that are giving uh, because next to being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus name and upholding the the truth of the almighty God in Christ. uh, Next to all of that is something else, a principle giving. I know maybe we don't relate that, but that is true. Next to all those things that we hold as hard fast truths that we uh, put our shoulder under to support is also the aspect of giving. It is one of the most apostolic attitudes that we can possess and practice, giving. Amen. Uh, you know, there, there is irony in a person or an institution. Just bear with me today. I know I'm talking about giving in people's clutching and purses and wallets. But uh, it's irony in a person or in an institution that always wants to get something or for nothing or be the first in line when there's a handout. What's the irony in that, Pastor McGee? I'll tell you what the irony is. The only reason that someone that has that type of mind frame can continually benefit and boast about a quote-unquote deal is because someone else gave. Amen. let's go home. Amen. And so I think it was our last men's conference. Some of these men may be able to correct me. I believe it was our last men's conference. Pastor Jerry Dean at our last national men's conference said that the only proof that you have have conquered greed is through your giving. It's one of the fastest way to destroy greed. Give. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 5, notice verse 5 here. He says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of Covetousness. And then it goes into verse 6 talking about s- sowing sparingly, reaping sparingly, sowing bountifully, reaping bountifully. If verse 5 was somewhat mumble jumble for you because the language maybe seemed difficult to you, let me read it in the New King James Version. It says it like this Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Amen. In other words, the apostle said, and if I can relate to us this morning, when we prepare beforehand, when we prepare beforehand and make ready or appoint or determine monies ahead of time, you know, as a commitment to the Lord, as a free will offering to the Lord then when we do that, it can flow from us as generosity rather than coming across as some headache obligation. When we prepare ahead of time. Because, see, when you prepare ahead of time, that whenever you get your check, you set that money aside that's for the Lord, then you can give it as generosity. But if you don't make the preparation, it's like, well, bless God, here I go. It's kind of like sitting down, not counting the cost. And it's like, you know, you spend on everything else. Now, well, well, there you go. It feels more like a grudging obligation when you don't prepare ahead of time. Paul wrote that giving should be a willing response to God's grace, not something done grudgingly. And a way to keep from it be done grudgingly is to prepare beforehand. Make ready or appoint beforehand. Now, let me tell you this. All all that this means basically is this, is that it should go, and and maybe you don't practice life like this, and if you don't, or if you have enough money, you don't have to worry about it. Good for you. But uh, uh, it means that it should go on our monthly item, giving, just like the amount of money that we allocate for our groceries. And if you don't have to do that, God bless you. But me, I got to set aside money. This amount is going for groceries this week. Or this amount is going towards this this month. So that I know where I'm at when this is all going to be said and done. Everything gets paid out. Whether I'm going to be able to have any extracurricular activities. And so preparing ahead time beforehand is making then my generosity an item on the list. Right there next to my water bill, my mortgage. Well, All right, come on. amen. And, if, and listen, some people won't do that because they have no financial teaching from their parents before them. But it's good to sit down, figure out where your money's going to be going so that whenever it comes to the end of the week or the month, you still have some money to go somewhere. Amen. Generosity is just as much as part of that. Look at verse number six. Verse number six then gives us a principle. You will, look. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You, here's, here's the principle. You will reap in proportion to what you sow. You will reap into proportion to what you sow. And so what generosity does, generosity opens a door, or if you will, allows blessing to flow into your life, in very many different directions, your life and the life of the church. And if it doesn't always come back to you by means of monetary things or money in particular, it may come back through a variety of different things. We'll talk about that here in just a bit. But 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 7, here it is again. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful Giver. God loves a cheerful, everybody say cheerful. cheerful. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves generosity. Amen. We learn in reality here that giving is an issue of the heart. Every man according as he purposeth in his, in his heart. We learn here that giving is an issue of the heart. You give as you've purposed or as you've determined, as you've appointed in your heart. Heart and also note, this is important. Notice this this past week. Whenever I was studying, look at verse seven again. You're not to do this grudgingly or of necessity. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. Need or necessity. And I emphasize this alone should not be our motivator for giving. Need or necessity alone should not be our motivator for giving, but because our bowels of compassion compel us to be generous and we're glad about it. Amen. That along, even with necessity, that's great, but necessity alone should not be the reason the Jews, the Jews had in the temple of this culture in time. The Jews had two chests, boxes for alms for the giving, for the money. The one was for what was necessary or what the law required. All right. The other was for free will offerings. And so giving should not only be comprised of what is necessary, what the law requires for modern day terms the the 10th or the time that the Bible speaks of. But it should also be done cheerfully with A desire to give on the free will offering side. To be a cheerful giver comes from a Greek word, hilaros, which we get our word hilarious. Be a hilarious giver. Amen. Be a hilarious giver, a cheerful, joyous giver. The word means to be a prompt giver, meaning you're willing to do anything giving. It comes from a word that you're a merciful giver. Amen. Galatians 6 and verse number 10, the Bible says, and this is important just so that people don't get taken advantage of and so on and so forth. But the Bible says, as we have, therefore, opportunity. And listen today, when I'm talking about spirit generosity, I'm not just talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about giving to somebody in need, providing the helping hand whenever it's necessary, so on and so forth. Amen. You feel that compelled to be a cheerful help in somebody else's life. Amen. And it says in verse 10 of Galatians 6, and as we therefore As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men. All right. Here's important after the comma, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, meaning that we need to be able to have uh, a a goodness or a generosity to all men. But he puts in a little clause there with importance, but especially to them of the household of faith. In other words, you, you, if you're going to show generosity to all men and neglect those that are closest and nearest to you, your own family, or even the house, those within your own church, all right, it's not then that it's only this or only that. No, it's that if you're going to do that, don't forget these, all right, because this is the household of faith. All are not to be excluded, but the household of faith according to the word of God, especially is to be preferred. That's the reason why we get calls and things around here at the church, particularly during these months, a lot. All right. Calls, people need an aid. And we try to respect that. And we have forms that they can fill out if they need help. But if there's ever a time that there's people within our church that we haven't been able to help yet due to financial matters, we're not going to help anybody else until we can help those that are within the household of faith. And It wasn't that long ago we just had uh, someone say they needed help, and again, it's just today's society. They weren't even willing to fill out our paperwork for it. That there's pretty good indication if they really need the help or not. And that's not being mean or insensitive. That's just trying to be wise. The Bible says, "Look at it now." Second Corinthians nine and verse number eight. And God is able. This is good. Because he's talking about you being generous, you are being a cheerful giver. Now look at this. This is, this is addressing the doubts that they may have. And God is able. If you're betwixt and between about this generosity mode, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye, there's a lot of always all here, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. If You're being reluctant. God, God is able. (laughs) Paul mentions that God's grace when we have the generous spirit will abound in our lives. And again, this isn't just God providing for our needs at specific times, which he does, but it is his grace continuing as we are generous in our giving, even abounding. He's even abounding in our life, in every area of our life. And it reaches, listen, it reaches all the way even into eternity. Amen. It's not that he said ye always, always having all sufficiency. You're always going to have enough. When you're generous, God is able to make sure you always have enough. He. And not only just enough, but he goes into that next verse. And that you may abound. It's not just that you'll always have enough. He'll even make you abound sometimes. Amen. That's good stuff. And so, because the fact of the matter is this. The reward for giving is seldom just a one-time reward. Hmm? Look, Look at the words in that verse. Always. In all things. Abound rarely just a one-time reward. God is able to ensure that you have enough and even abound for all things. So, why is he, the apostle telling us this? Again, for the purpose and the reason that in case we were wondering about that, that's not a reason that we would present for not giving because God is able to make sure that we're taking. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Abraham in the Old Testament, back in Genesis, uh, Genesis 12, it was God spoke to him concerning the nation of Israel, how he was going to have him come. The nation virtually come from the loins of Abraham and Lord. Abraham is 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 owed and uh, God told him he would be the father of the faithful and uh, and that he would be blessed and that his descendants would be blessed. And the basic reason God said the reason why that you are going to be blessed is to be a blessing you remember it? You look at it in verse number two. Be a blessing to others. He says, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. Amen. He knew he could depend upon Abraham with that generous spirit. Here's something to consider. You've heard me teach, minister this before. When God blesses us, rather than consume it all upon ourselves, We need to be figuring out where we can be a blessing. Abraham, I blessed you. Purpose that you be a blessing. And the reason why you're capable of being blessed, Abraham, is because I know you'll be a piece of conduit that won't just absorb the water but allow the water to flow through you. And if you want the continuance of the being blessed, then continue to be a blessing. Someone say amen. And so, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 10. Now, this is interesting. Speaking of this person that's sowing, that's being the generous one, that that metaphor, that analogy there. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, increase the fruits of your righteousness. Increase the fruits of your righteousness. So what verse 10 is telling us, is that our generosity, yes, it affects us, all right? He says it'll provide bread, if you will, seed there. It will provide bread for your food. But not only that, there is a miracle of multiplication that takes place when we give. Let's take it just really quickly to the harvest field, all right? A single seed or a single kernel of corn may produce a plant, that one stalk, which yields more than 600 kernels of corn per ear. I found the statistics said, of course, ear number and size can vary, but most sweet corn varieties will have one to two ears on a stalk. With that being said, if one seed is put in the ground, it has the ability from that one seed to yield 600 to 1,200 other seeds just like the one that was placed in the ground. Now, that's a miracle of multiplication. And if that multiplication continues, do you take those 1,200 seeds and you plant them? And that reproduces. We're not talking about just multiplication. We're talking about exponential to the second, third, fourth, fifth power of stuff that's going on. That is the very very metaphor and analogy that he's making in Scripture for our giving. Giving is not plant the seed and you get one seed on an ear of corn. No, it multiplies. It's exponential. Not only that, but again, giving monetary wise or with money doesn't always mean a monetary benefit or a monetary return. Paul basically said that being generous, not only would it put food on your table, but it will also increase the fruits of our righteousness, the Bible says. Increase the fruits of your righteousness righteousness. Amen. Fruits are that which has been born or begotten of men or animals. But when we talk about righteousness, this was important to me this past week as I read this. The word righteousness means this. The state of him who is such as he ought to be or more plainly the condition acceptable to God. Whenever you are generous in your giving it will increase your acceptable condition to God. Woo! Brother McGee, how so? Because we have the, the all the scriptures, right, from Isaiah that says our righteousness is as filthy rags, right? We have the verses in Romans 3 that says there is none righteous, no, not one. But the scripture says, like in 1 Samuel 26 and verse 23, the Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. Job even attested to the fact, for he, speaking of God, for God will render unto man his righteousness. So I don't have no righteousness. In reality, the only righteousness that I can have is that which comes from God. He's the giver of it. But a way to increase the fruits of my righteousness is through generosity. Because as I give, not only will it put food on my table and it'll multiply in that fashion, it'll increase my acceptability in the eyes of God. That's big stuff. That's big stuff. So God provides man with the condition. That is acceptable to Him, righteousness, and then the increase of the fruits of that offspring, the increase of the fruits of our righteousness, can take place through giving and generosity. Amen. So again, generosity isn't necessary always always tied to financial matters or financial benefits. Amen. But that's not to say that it isn't tied to those things sometimes as well. But here are some other things we're talking about giving. Let's think about then three areas. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our talent. I don't have talent, McGee, You do. I know you're, you're thinking maybe some showboat talent or something like that. You have a talent. And, of course, then our treasure. We're all given 24 hours in a day. True? Each of us. So that's one area of all of our lives that's equal for all of us. Hmm? We've all got 24 hours in our day. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. That's just a fancy word to mean carefully, okay? See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The way if I can stay like this, then the way that we walk circumspectly or the way that we walk carefully and wise is by redeeming the time to not redeem the time would be a foolish act to not redeem the time would be an unwise act. But here's the thing. We can't really redeem or buy back time, can we? We wish we could really, but we can't really buy back time. So the only true way to redeem time is to spend it right and carefully the first time. I can't buy it back. That's an impossibility. But then if the scriptures tell me to redeem it, which means to buy back, how can I do this? By the way that I spend it the first time. Make my time count. Amen. Being generous with our time is an excellent way to redeem our time. Being generous with our time is an excellent way to redeem our time. Time may be used for anything, everything, even immoral things. But it's redeemed when virtue is given to it by what we spend it on. And so I'm telling all of us, be generous with your time. Amen? Everybody all right today? Man, I just said that word generous from the go. (laughs) and someone thinks there's some ice here on the floor that may might fall. We can be generous also though with our talent. We got people in here that can work with their hands. Some people maybe are more comfortable working with their brains. Some can cook. Some know carpentry. Some have the ability to easily talk to strangers. Some have patience and nerves of steel. Whatever your talent may be, be generous with it. I recently heard uh, Brother Prado. He was preaching. He told the story. Of whenever he first came to the Lord, when He first came to the Lord, he he decided to be generous with, with his time and and uh, knack for teaching home Bible studies. Didn't have a car whenever he first first got saved. He was kind of a pretty rough character, actually. Didn't have a car whenever he first got saved, but someone someone gave him a car. He told the Lord. He said, Lord, even before he ever got the car, he said, God, he said, if, if someone gives me a car, that's what he said, he says, someone's going to give me a car. He said, I'll use that car to teach home Bible studies.' Sure enough, someone gave him a car. Amen. Look, he was blessed in order to be a. And so he was he was teaching a home Bible study with this one particular woman. He was teaching search for truth, and, uh, and it was a pretty good distance from where he lived to go teach this home Bible study. And. Uh, he had this car, and this, this woman had a daughter that was addicted to heroin uh, quite, quite badly, and there seemed to be no programs or any system that could help her. It didn't matter. She went through them. It was just always a re- repeat of what had been done before, and so uh, she was in a very, very bad uh, situation. But over time of teaching this Search for Truth home Bible study, just teaching the Word, the Word did what no program could do. The word all by itself did what no system could do. And it fell on a particular day that he was going to go. It was the day that he usually taught his Bible study there. He was going to teach his Bible study, but he didn't have any gas for the car. He didn't have no gas for the car. didn't have any money to get any gas for the car. To drive any distance, especially the far distance that it was to this lady's house to teach his Bible study. And so he was just in his, his home there. He was just praying about it. Oh, God, help me, God, God. Uh, and he heard God tell him to go you know, that's a great, great idea, God, you know, but my car, you know. He he said, my car wasn't on E, it was on T. He said, that's past E, and that's called thirsty. And he said, there, there just it wasn't no way, but he was praying again, and all of a sudden, God just said, go. He says, so I went out there to the car. I laid my hands on the car. I said, oh, God, help me get to where I need to go for this home Bible study today. I laid hands on it, and he said, I got in, and he said, the car actually did start. He says, so here we go, God. He said, I started going down the road to my amazement. We're actually making it a few blocks. And he says, I'm trying to go as fast as I can. You know, I'm like, like if I can get up to a good speed and it goes out on least coast, you know, that much further. And so he's going, he came to a corner and a woman jumped out in front of him. He said, and I was wondering whether or not I should stop or not. Because I need to get this Bible study. I didn't have much gas. He said, but I stopped. And she's there and she's talking to me. I'm thinking, lady, I just I'm on fumes here, you know. And she's like, hey, hey, where, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to teach home Bible study, blah, blah. She says, I really couldn't use a ride. He says, I'm trying I, try. I, I kind of need one too, you know, but it's rainy, it's cool outside. Her body was hurting. She says, if you give me a ride, I'll pay for the gas. He's generous with his time. He's generous with his talent. God gave him a card to be a blessing to somebody else. God said, go. He's making the sacrifice with this time and wondering if he's going to make it to go. And God has a lady step out in front of him that needs a ride that says, I'll pay for the gas. And let me tell you something. That's God being able to make sure you have all that you need and even abound. Generosity. Generosity, time, talent, treasure, whatever it may be generosity and it's true I'll talk about treasure I know I've been doing that a little bit today everybody nervous it's true that Jesus talked about the subject of money more than anything else seems like besides the kingdom of God and money is a necessity it's a necessity isn't it for our lives Ecclesiastes the preacher of Ecclesiastes said it well when he wrote that money answereth all things there's a lot of truth to that You know exactly what he's talking about, right? Health, food, home, car, gas. I mean, all kind of circles back around to that, doesn't it? Money. Money answers all things. Amen. But it also fuels the operation of the ministries of God's kingdom as well. Someone once said, we've, we've ran this road several times, but someone once said, you show me your checkbook or your bank statement as it would be today, and I'll show you where your priorities are. If anybody, if anybody truly would, would trust me enough, you could hand me your checkbook this morning and I could start to tell where you like to eat, where you like to go shopping, perhaps where you get your groceries. or If you don't have a checkbook, you don't write checks for it, you got debit amounts, you hand me that and I'm going to be able to tell that. I will. It's just common. That's what would happen. People are laughing. and There's almost some nervous laughs out there. <laughs> You're not getting mine, buddy. <laughs> but as simple as that may sound, it's a truth. And it's a biblical truth. That's the reason why he told us in Luke 12 for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right? Treasure. I just got one more story, y'all, all right? This is a pastor and his wife started just a real fresh work in the States several years ago. Small church. Evangelists had stopped by small church and had encouraged them to give sacrificially. Number one, small church. Number two, they've just started here in this work. It was a time not only early in their work, it was early in their marriage. Anybody remember those early married days? Amen. And then kids start coming, Right? So it was. It was their early marriage day. Was early ministry day. So they really didn't have a whole lot of extra, if there is such a thing. Sister Chesed, God love you. Amen. Wasn't a whole lot of extra money. Amen. They had been saving up. They wanted to go to their local camp meeting. That was coming up. They, so they anything that they had, you know, every diamond penny they had extra, they were putting back for camp meeting. That was coming up. They knew that that would benefit them spiritually, help them, you know, as they was in the church later that summer. And so they've been putting that money away to the best of their ability. But he said, this was Darren Sargent, Pastor Darren Jar- Sargent, he said he'd never forget what happened next. He said evangelist was there. He was preaching one night, preaching on the rewards of sacrificial giving you never seen more white knuckles in a building until someone starts preaching me like that. He said, I began to feel God. This is the pastor saying this. He said, I began to feel God to speak to my heart about giving the money we had saved up for going to church camp in the offering. He said, but I'll be honest with you. I kept pushing it out of my mind. This can't be God. Camp meeting. God would want me to go to camp meeting. God would want me to go be a part of it. He kept pushing it out of his mind, just an emotion I'm feeling, you know, pizza I ate last night, don't know quite what it is. <clears throat> but what he wasn't aware of is at the same time his wife was feeling they, they need to be given that money they've been saving back for camp meeting. As he got closer to the time of service, when they was going to take up this offering to be taken, he leaned over to his wife telling her, he said, this is what I'm feeling, honey. I'm feeling like we need to give this money that we're supposed to go get. She says, honey, I've been feeling the same thing. So when it came time to give, guess what they did? Got out the checkbook, wrote a check for entire money they've been saving aside for camp meeting over the past several weeks. You know, they've been clawing, trying to get into the little piggy bank. And he says, I wish I could tell you that it was easy. But to be truthful, he said, it was a bit painful, but I was glad to do it. So we've been looking forward to the camp meeting for, for weeks, if not months. <sighs> but it took sacrifice one week fast forward everybody doing okay one week fast forward Pastor Sargent is out watering the yard at their little small apartment building that they lived in not having much money behind the church get this a backslider they had been in contact with drove into the church parking lot stopped out in front of their apartment as he stepped out his car car was still running. He went and approached the pastor. He handed the pastor an envelope and said, here, this is for you. Then he drove off. Pastor Sargent opened up the envelope, went into his wife, told her just what happened, noticing that there were money in the envelope. He quickly counted. It It was exactly half what they had given in the offering the week before. So as they're thanking God and rejoicing, thank you God for looking down upon us, he heard a car pull into parking. Stepped out to notice that this same backslider came back. Stepped out of his car with an envelope. Said he looked at me and said, here is the rest that God told me to give to you. He climbed back in his car. Drove off in the envelope. Guess what was in there? The remaining amount that they had saved up in order to go to camp meeting. And it came from the hands of a backslidden saint. Now, folks, you know we've been together here long enough that I could stand up here and start telling you personal stories. And you all have own personal stories. The generous life, (laughs) the generous life, the cheerful, generous life is a life that will make sure that you always have what you need. And even in abundance, when you think that you didn't have it, it will show up out of nowhere, and you won't be able to explain how it even got there. If you can stand with me today, Be generous with your time, your talent, your treasure. Do we have commands in scripture for, you know, tithing and and even offering? Yes, absolutely. We're talking about even generosity outside of the scope of that which is required. Amen. Being generous. Can we bow our heads in this place today? Hallelujah, Jesus, I love you. God, I want Lord Jesus to live, Lord with a generous spirit and a generous attitude. I pray, O God, in in the money areas of my life, Lord, in the God-time aspects of my life, Lord, in the talent aspects of my life, help me, Lord, whatsoever my hand findeth to do, Father, to do it with all of my might. I pray, O God, today, help me, Lord, to prepare beforehand. Help me, God, to determine, God, and appoint. God amounts and measures, God, of which, Lord Jesus, I'm going to give of my generosity or be generous with, Lord Jesus, in all those different areas. Help me, God, to know, Lord God, without any, Lord, doubt. God, I know according to your word, then that God is able. God is able to make sure, God, always in all things, Lord, to have sufficiency always in all things to have sufficiency and even abound God that it's not just feeding into what comes up on my table or what comes into my pocket it's feeding into eternal matters fruits Lord increase of fruits of righteousness oh God increase of fruits of righteousness oh God Lord I know this to be a principle today it's a principle of your word let me tell you something folks this principle is so true all alone That you don't have to be a Christian to even reap the benefits of the principle that I'm talking to you about today. I'm telling you the truth. There's people that don't have anything to do with church, but they are generous. And the principle of generosity flows in their life just based upon the principle of God's Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just sing just a few bars of a song here and let's ask God as we raise our hands to heaven today that he would help us if he has blessed us to seek out those places that we can be a blessing in the name of Jesus thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter with the username FACMC again that's FACMC thank you thank you